This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Hello and welcome back to Lola Pops Off About Dramas with your host, Lola. Welcome, welcome back everyone to a new episode and a new year and a new season of the podcast. Hello guys. I am so excited to be recording right now. It's been a little while. I'm going to be honest. I have had a very nice long break, I think from recording weirdly. Um, and I am okay with that, but I have to say I missed it. I missed sitting down and getting prepared for an episode and kind of just, you know, getting ready to chat about dramas. Now, I know last year, ending last year, I didn't have many episodes. In December, I only had two episodes, but those two episodes are usually um, a big chunk of time um, and it takes a lot of work for me, a lot of effort for me. So it, it, it was, it felt like I recorded every day of last month, especially during the holidays when I was spending time with family and things like that. So it was really a busy, busy time for me. So I needed a little bit of a break from that. So hello, welcome to 2024 and season four of Lola Pops Off about K-dramas. I'm so happy to be back and recording for you all, but I want to ask how your new year has gotten off. Like, how are you guys feeling? Is it one of those starts of the new year where you're kind of motivated and hopeful and excited? Or has it been the start of a new year where you kind of just like rolling over from next from last year and you're just kind of like, yeah, uh, same old, same old, let's give it another go. You know, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like it it varies depending on the year, right? Um, for me, I would say I'm in the mix between both where I felt, you know, really excited about starting my season four of my podcast and things like that. But then there were other parts of last year that are kind of just like, I still am in the same habit of, and I don't have the motivation just yet to completely kick some of those old habits <laughs> and start new ones, right? So I feel like I'm in the between um, as far as like my start of my new year, but at least you can, I can say this to you that I am really, really excited about the new season. And, you know, in that same vein, I want to talk about the new season of this podcast. And if you did not, um, how do I say? Yeah. If you did not listen to or watch my last episode, which was my awards that I give out at the end of the year for K-dramas, I did mention about my new format of my new season. I And I have to say that I really, I don't know how many times I'm going to say I'm excited, but I am really, really happy about my decision to do what I'm doing for season four. So if you did not know, this will be an entire season, which is usually an entire entire year and this is gonna be an entire year of me throwing it back with Lola so all year long I will be doing throwing it back with Lola episodes yes you heard that right 
all year long. I will be throwing it back. But I also did mention that I'll be including once a month a Ramblings and Musings episode about any kind of currently airing dramas that I'm also watching. So I will still be watching dramas that are dropping this year, obviously, but I will be so, so selective with the dramas that are currently airing and that are dropping. I really have a desire to focus on watching older K-dramas this year, and that is my priority, and that's going to be my focus for the year. So what you're used to me doing as far as always watching, you know, 12, 10, you know, currently airing dramas at once, it's not going to be the case this year. Just no, it's not happening. I refuse. I refuse to let it happen this year. Maybe next year we'll go back to that, but this year I'm not doing it. I love K-dramas just like the next person, so much so that I need to do this for me um, as far as going back and watching old things. I'm also kind of aware that many people you know, do listen to my podcast for my thoughts on the newest Aaron K dramas. But this is something that I really have to do for me and my love of K dramas. I, I think I need to revisit a time or like certain periods in K drama history for myself so that I can just kind of revive that feeling of just when K dramas were new and fresh to me and, and things that excited me about those older K-dramas. Now, again, not to say that I don't have those kind of rushing feelings of love for any new K-dramas airing. You guys know if you've been listening to me, I love me some some dramas that have released in the last couple years. But I do feel like just with the amount that are that's coming out and the amount that I've been watching in the last kind of three um, years, um, basically since my podcast started, it's been really overwhelming me and it almost kind of feels like I'm getting jaded where everything that's coming out, I I feel like I've seen it before or I feel like it's nothing new or fresh or I feel like I'm watching the same drama four times across at, in one month. You know, like, okay, this is the same drama just with different actors in it. And that kind of gets boring (laughs) in a sense, right? And so I have realized like I am doing that to myself and I have to just pull back. I just can't watch that many new currently airing dramas at once. I just can't do it. But instead I do want to go back and I want to rewatch dramas that I miss that I still think about all the time. And I'm like, oh, if I had more time, I would go back and rewatch this. Oh, I miss my, that couple from that drama. Oh, I want to watch my favorite couple from there. You know, I have those moments and I'm always like, I don't have time. And then I also want to go back back and watch dramas I've never watched. So that's something else that I don't think people realize. It's like, I always talk about these dramas that I'm currently watching and it feels like I'm never missing a drama <laughs> these days, but I, I have not watched a lot of dramas just over time. I have not. So I really do want to go back and watch some dramas that I just skipped. I just completely skipped, missed, forgot about, didn't think I would like. And then dramas that people have recommended me over the last couple of years that I'm like, okay, I'll watch it. I promise you I'll watch it. And then I never get around to watching it. So this is that year. So if you <laughs> have requested me to watch something and I said I was going to watch it and I have yet to watch it, this is the year to remind me to watch it because I have time in my schedule to watch it now. So I am definitely looking forward to this year. So I will be watching some new dramas that, you know, 
you guys may not be new to you and maybe some of your faves and you're like, you're just not watching that. And I want you guys to yell at me that when I, you know, talk about those, but this will be an entire season of throwing it back with Lola. And I'm super excited. I'm so excited. Now I do also want to mention here with this, this format that I will not have too much rhyme or reason with the dramas that I choose when I choose them. Um, I'm going to just go with the flow as far as like what I'm missing and what I want to watch and what I have, you know, plans to watch. Uh, and, and I haven't, you know, just going with the flow. I'm just going with the flow. I do want to go back as early as 2000. <laughs> yes. So I will be probably pulling something like when I say go and throwing it back, I mean throwing it back. So I'm going back as far as 2000. And I think I will probably be watching dramas all the way up into 2020 because 2020 was a rough year for, for everyone, obviously. But for me in K-drama land, it was a really rough year. And I definitely skipped a lot of dramas in 2020. That was a year where I was just looking for comfort and I was watching Running Man episodes and repeat. So that's a little different. <laughs> so I will basically um, go, you know, as far back as 2000 and then maybe as late as 2020. And um, yeah, so let's go. And I'm not going to probably be doing something, this, this thought or this idea where I'm watching all like the, the greats from the, the past, you know, 20 years. No, I, I don't think I will be doing that. I'm really going to be looking for dramas that I loved and I miss and I want to watch again and what I'm in the mood for. So like I said, no real rhyme or reason, just kind of picking them up as I go and then doing an episode on them. I also know this may not be the most popular season that I've ever released from my podcast. Uh, maybe it will. Maybe you got, you know, you guys will surprise me, <laughs> but I am expecting it to not be, um, you know, it may not be the, the 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 way that you guys are used to listening to me because I know you guys are a lot of people are here to hear my thoughts on what's currently airing. And so throwing it back just may not be your cup of tea. I completely understand that. And I will not I will not be hurt if you decide to skip a lot of episodes this season because you just don't care about some of the ODs. And I, again, completely understand. But I do feel like I have heard from some feedback from, from a couple listeners who have really thought it would be nice if I did throw it back a little bit more often because there are dramas that some people don't feel like going back to watch, but they do kind of want to know, you know, something about it, know some thoughts on it. And so I would love to do that for those people. So I think this will be the season for you. So either way, guys, season four is going to be different, but you'll still have these ramblings and musings like, and this, and these episodes are going to be, um, I'm going to try not to keep them too detailed because the, my focus, again, isn't on the new currently airing dramas. I'm just throwing these episodes out to catch you up on kind of like these are this is a list of dramas that I'm watching right now. And if I like them or if I don't, that's what these Ramblings and Musings episodes are going to be. I'm not going to really fill them in like I did you know, my previous seasons where I give you like full, you know, first impressions or midpoint impressions or, you know, overall impressions of a drama in the span of, a you know, in, in one of these Ramblings and Musings episodes. It's going to be more like a list and I'm going to kind of rapid fire through the list. Okay. So hopefully these episodes aren't the longest, like they have been these last couple um, Ramblings and Musings from last year, but you know, you know me, I can go on and ramble <laughs> and ramble like I'm doing right now during these housekeeping notes. 
But anyway, I'm gonna make this, uh, like I said, a kind of list. Here's the dramas that I recently finished or I'm finishing soon. Here's a list of dramas that I have, I'm actively still watching. Here's a list of dramas that I try, but I have already decided not to continue watching or dramas that I've dropped. And then here's a list of dramas that I see maybe coming up in the future and I may wanna check them out. And then anything else like that. So that's gonna be the gonna be the categories for this Rambles and Musings. And I do have maybe about 20 dramas to, to rapid fire through. So, you know, bear with me. <laughs> but again, I'm gonna, like I said, not, I'm not gonna be doing super extensive reading the, you know, synopsis and all, I'm not gonna be doing all that. We're not, we're not, nope, nope. These are, I will be doing that in my actual throwing it back episodes about those dramas. But in the Rambles and Musings, it's just quick, points and highlights about some dramas, all right? So let's jump into the first category. And the first category that I do have is dramas that I recently finished or I'm finishing soon. So there are probably maybe one or two episodes left or a couple episodes left that I haven't watched yet. So first on the list, I have My Demon. So I believe My Demon only has like two episodes left at the time of me recording this. I don't really know, but I will say this. I should have dropped this drama a long time ago. <laughs> I'm serious. I probably should have dropped this drama a long time ago. There was not much in this drama that I was thrilled about, overjoyed about, enjoyed. I feel like a lot of the, the episodes I kind of was just like staring at, you know, not actively engaged in watching and kind of would like wake up at certain points and be like, oh, okay, that's what happened there. Oh, that's that's the explanation for that. You know, like that's what I would do while I was watching these, this drama. And so I probably should have dropped it a long time ago. But I will say that um, Kim Yoo Jung playing Dodo Hee, I believe is her name, has been just, I mean, the real reason why I'm still watching it. I adore her. I have adored her since she was a little one and her acting is just superb. It has always been superb, but for some reason while I'm watching her and my demon, I keep thinking, wow, she's an amazing actress. <laughs> wow. She is so good. Almost to the point where I think I wish she was acting in something else right now because I would love to see her performance shine in a story that deserves her performance. I mean, it's She's so good. I mean, even in a drama like this where I'm not thrilled with and not over, you know, over enjoying or really enjoying much, <laughs> I love her performance in it. Like there are so many moments and scenes where I'm just kind of like taken aback by her acting. I'm <laughs> like, why is she acting so beautifully right now? <laughs> even though like the plot and the what's happening, I don't care as much about, which is so weird and not a normal reaction to you know enjoying a performance but it, it is the case in this in this one but you know it's just a drama that I probably shouldn't have kept watching and it wasn't the worst thing but it also just wasn't anything groundbreaking and as magical and beautiful as I thought it was going to be um and I will have to say Song Kong <laughs> If you know, you know, I have kind of put him in that category that I have placed Rowoon in, which is like these really beautiful <laughs> actors who I can't tell if they're only getting roles because they're really beautiful or if they really are bringing something to the performance of their, you know, to this characters that they're presenting. I, 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 I still don't know with him. <laughs> 
this this drama did not help um, make that decision by any means. Again, beautiful to look at alongside Yu Jung. Like they look so good together. It's ridiculous. Again, maybe another motivation for why I kept watching it. Just seeing really pretty faces next to each other on the screen. It does help sometimes get through, get through a drama, but he and his performances, I'm not completely still sold on. And again, not saying he's a bad actor. Same thing with Rowan. It's not that. It's something about the roles that they're picking that I'm struggling with. Because um, I just feel like it doesn't allow them space to really showcase what they really have to work with. So then it just kind of like falls back on the fact that they're beautiful. But they're, you know, so Song Kong, he has done some performance in the past that I've been, you know, happy with. But but yeah, not lately. <laughs> lately. So that's my thoughts on my demon. Nothing to write home about. If you guys liked my demon or you're loving it or, you know, you what whatever you have to say about it, let me know. But I, you know, I'll be finishing it up. But I just want you drunk to be in something new soon because she's such an amazing actress. Oh my gosh, she's so good. Okay, so next drama that I want to talk about really quickly here is the story of Park's marriage contract with my Bae In Hyuk and Issei Young. So this drama was only, I think, 12 episodes. So it was a quick one to get through. And I did watch, I kept on track of this one. I watched this one every every week when it was dropping. So I never got behind on this one. And it could be because I genuinely, I think, liked it. I think overall, I liked it. In the very beginning, the first episode, I was a little unsure about it, even into the second episode, because um, it reminded me so much of Rowan's drama that I was watching at the same time last year. And I just kind of was like, ooh, I just watched this. Do I really want to sit through this again? And then when they kind of got to her being in the kind of present day, the time slip, time travel stuff that we're leaving in 2023, um, <laughs> when we when I got to that, I was like, okay, I, I like this. I love Fish Out of Water. That's my favorite, one of my favorite tropes. You guys know I talk about it all the time. And she was kind of like this, you know, this girl from the Joseon period and modern day trying to figure out what what's what and figuring out what choco pie is, you know, like stuff like that. Love it, love it, ate it up. So a lot of that was the first episode, couple episodes. And so I ended up really enjoying it. And then, you know, it started making a shift to their romance and kind of like the backstory and kind of like how the, their relationship was going to end up. Are they going to be able to be together or does she have to go back to the past and, you know, all of that stuff. And it was actually still um, kept me interested all the way to the end. And I will say that <laughs> in Hyuk and Young, I did love them on screen together. Actually, I really like them, but I would have to say that they were, to me, better off screen. Like all the little interviews and the little uh, promo things they did together, I actually really watched a lot of them and ate them up. They were so funny together. <laughs> and I don't know if it was like a little bit of their age gap. I mean, they don't have a huge age gap, but like there was something about her being, you know, older than him and him being younger and how they just kind of interacted. It was so fun to watch. And it wasn't so much like that, obviously, in the characters that they were playing. So it was like they were giving a different vibe, obviously, in real life than on screen. But I did like their chemistry in general on screen and the story of Park's marriage contract. And I, I mean, I liked it. 12th episode, it wasn't anything ground breaking by any means, <laughs> but I thought they looked really cute together on screen. I like that 
the story made sense. You know, with this time slipping and the time traveling, you can always run the risk of something just completely losing sight of like, what are, what are, what are we talking about again? And everything was succinct to the point we understood what was happening. Then at the end, you know, when they, and you don't know if it's going to have a happy ending or not, we kind of get at the very end, a nice little wrap up to our story. So I really like that. So I would say I, I would recommend it if you don't mind you know, time slip, time travel stuff. And if you like contract marriages. And I think the other thing I really liked about this drama was the Park um, Young-woo character in general, played by Se-young. She was a character that was living in a time when she wanted to do so much more and she wasn't allowed to because she was a woman. And then when she gets to, you know, go into the future, she gets to live that life, that dream life that she really wishes she could have left, you know, kind of lived in her past. Um, she could have lived when she was in the Jolson period. And so I really, really liked watching her kind of journey and her kind of career growth and just her becoming like this this, this career woman in modern day, knowing that that's who she was always meant to be, even though she, the restrictions that were placed on her uh, when she was in her time period. So I really loved that as an element to her story and her character. And I didn't feel like um, they made her reliant on the Kang Tae-ha character played by In-hyuk. They didn't make her rely on really anyone. You know, she kind of just was like doing her own thing and it led her to the things that she wanted. And I, I really think that was nice to watch. So I did like it overall. Again, I wouldn't say it's for everybody, but it's a quick watch. <laughs> and like I said, the two were really cute on screen together. So there we go. And I have to say, I, if you know me and Bae In-hyuk, I I have been fighting for him to get these lead roles in these kind of rom-com dramas for a minute now. And I feel like he has been the second male lead in a lot of these dramas and they have treated his character very poorly in a lot of these dramas. And I've always been heartbroken by the end being like, they just didn't give him what he deserved. And I have to say this as one of his kind of first ones where he's actually the male lead, I really liked it. And I thought he did great because I think he's amazing. Um, but I want to see something else. I want to see something else from him. I want to see something a little bit more um, cutesy. I know that sounds weird, but I want to see something a little more cutesy because this this drama, I feel like he had to be, um, he was like ill the entire, he was sick the whole time. Um, he was always on the verge of dying. Uh, I know, right? You're, I'm like, what? And he was, um, you know, kind of mean at the beginning. I like him in his like cutesy role, his cutesy phase. It's kind of like more silly free going, you know, phase. So I kind of want to see his next role be something more along those lines. So yeah, but anywho, let's move on to the next drama. Am I going pretty fast? I think, I feel like I am. So the next one I want to talk about is actually, tell me that you love me. Yes, tell me that you love me. If you have not watched this drama, it just ended recently and if you have not watched this drama, if you have not watched this drama, you are missing out. I'm sorry, you are missing out. One of my absolute favorites that I've watched in the last couple months 
And I mentioned it in my award ceremony because I gave the best couple (laughs) award to the couple from Tell Me That You Love Me from last year. Out of all the dramas I watched in 2023, I gave best couple to a drama I had not even finished watching yet. Um, So that tells you a lot. But I really would have put this drama if I had known how it was going to end. I probably would have put this drama in maybe favorite dramas of the year um, for sure, because I loved this drama. It is one of the most beautiful. I mean, that's the one word to sum up this drama is beautiful in every regard. It is beautifully written. Some of the most beautiful lines I have heard in a long time were in this drama. I mean, beautiful writing, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful cinematography. I mean, some of the most beautiful, slow, um, calm, peaceful, quiet shots. Oh my gosh, gorgeous, gorgeous to watch. And then our actors, oh my gosh. Jung Woo Sung playing Cha Jin Woo and Shin Hyung Bin playing Jung Woo Eun. Oh my goodness, beautiful, 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 beautiful. I mean, like I said, I have no other word for this, but beautiful. Um, even like the secondary storylines to some degree with some of the other characters, lovely to still be engaged with and how they complemented our two main lead story. Just gorgeous, gorgeous, beautiful, all of those words um, to describe this drama. The main thing though that I have to highlight about this drama is that it is a drama about um, a love story between someone who is hearing and someone who is hard of hearing or deaf. And oh my goodness, <laughs> I know this story is based off of the J drama. I don't know much about the J drama. I don't think I've ever watched. Yeah, I didn't. I've never watched the J drama, so I have no connection to that or how the two, you know, compare. So I, I'm not thinking about that. But I will say that having this being a love story between those two parties. It was told with such respect, (laughs) such respect. Um, And it was so understanding to its characters to the point where it allowed the audience or me watching to feel so um, invited into their lives and what they were experiencing and what they were dealing with. And for example, what I mean by that is with the Cha Jin Woo character who is played by Jung Woo Sung and who is deaf, there are so many moments to the story where we get to see um, the perspective of someone who is not hearing, right? And the way that the drama does this or allows for this is a lot of times they will just cut it. They will cut the sound. There's no sound. It's just silence. There's actual quiet. There's actual pause. And be it in their communications because they're using sign language or just the way that he may be, you know, viewing something or watching something or looking at something. Like we just get full on silence. And for me watching this, it felt so meaningful because I really felt like they were allowing me to experience 
kind of the the space that he's in and even the space that Moon was in um, and that she ends up struggling with, honestly, is being in this place of complete silence. So much so that you almost feel lonely because you're like, you don't hear anything. You don't hear the, the noise and the bustling and the movement of people. And so it just becomes like, is anyone here kind of thing? And seeing her struggle with that and then us obviously getting to experience that to some degree, you know, on this kind of micro scale was so beautiful. It was just so meaningful and moving and spot on. And it was like, you have to have a deft hand at your art of making a drama to make that a part of the experience. And it was so lovely to experience as a whole. Um, and it was this kind of moment of quiet in my my week when I would watch this drama. And it was a quiet that didn't seem empty for me, despite I know, like I said, to some degree, Moon at over and over, you know, over time that it, it started to feel really lonely and, and kind of too quiet in a way. And she was wanting some of that sound back but it was still just so, so, so meaningful and so beautiful. And I miss this drama so much. I mean, so lovely to watch. And there, the fa- my favorite thing about this drama, or one of my favorite things about this drama, because I have many, but one of my favorite things about this drama is that one of the most beautiful scenes in the beginning of this drama is at the end of an episode, I think it's maybe episode one, or maybe it's episode two, I can't remember. I think it may be episode two, but it's this moment where, um, Cha Jinwoo and Mo Woon after had you know meeting in Jeju and then going their separate ways back in Seoul, they end up running into each other again after this time has passed. They didn't really get to know each other that much in Jeju, but they see each other again. And over the course of the time while they were separated and going living their separate lives after first meeting each other, you have Mo Woon slightly learning, picking up sign language. She's like, find some interest in it um, after meeting him. And so she's slowly teaching herself sign language. And so when she sees him across the street and he sees her across the street, she's able to sign to him, you know, you know, hi, it's nice to see you again, you know, that kind of thing. And what's so beautiful about that moment in the drama is that we don't really, it's like slow-mo. There's the use of slow motion in this drama is so well done. So we see her and like I said, in slow motion signing to him across the street. And he is having his kind of voiceover talking about like, this is the first time where he's actually had somebody approach him. Like this is abnormal. Usually he's the one who has to go out of his way to like understand other people. But this woman across the street that he met briefly in Jeju is now signing to him. And he's like, what? You know, this is someone approaching and reaching out to me. And he's going over through this with his, you know, in his mind. And we're listening to him talk about this, but it's in slow motion, this entire moment. And it's so meaningful to me that it's in slow motion because it's like with And she explains this throughout the drama that you have to slow down, especially for her because she's new to sign language. She's trying to communicate with him, but you have to kind of slow down and really focus on the person that you're speaking with when you're using sign language. And in this case, we get to see that. It's kind of slow down this intense focus. But then at the same time, 
it's not important at all what she's saying in sign language and whether she's saying it correctly. It, what's important for him is that she's trying, she's attempting, she's approaching him in a way. And it's one of my most favorite scenes. I will always remember it. It's absolutely, absolutely magical. But also the drama does a full circle moment at the very end. And I love a good parallel scene. Oh my gosh. Um, at the very end when they have gone their separate ways and yes, yeah, spoiler alert guys, uh, where they have gone their separate ways again. And at the point of reuniting, you have her um, and him across the way again from one another. And he this time signs to her and it's him reaching out to her again. It's him approaching her again. And it's just, oh my gosh, <laughs> I loved it. I just love a full circle moment. I love a parallel moment, a parallel scene. And it was so lovely to watch them do that again, but in different perspectives, because for him, he needed someone to approach him. And for him in this situation, he needed to do his best to reach back out to her. And so it was lovely. It was lovely to watch. How many times did you count it? Um, how many times I watched I said beautiful and lovely and gorgeous and magical? Um, because it was. It was. This was one of my favorite dramas I've watched in the last couple months. And I highly recommend it. It is beautiful. And the only thing I will say is that there is a point where there's like some kind of complications when they're in their relationship and it has to do with like ex, you know, an ex. Um, and it does get a little bit like, I just wanted to get, oh, I was over her. <laughs> Not because I didn't like her character. Weirdly, I actually really liked her character, but there was some degree to that, that whole aspect that was trying to frustrate me. Um, but what was so lovely about their relationship is that we actually watched this entire drama be about their relationship. Um, I know that sounds weird because I, I think most stories, that's what it's about. But in this regard, I feel like the story was about their relationship. It wasn't about other things like this huge major plot line. It like the story was the plot was this relationship between someone who could hear and someone who could not and how that worked for them and how that was not going to work for them. And if they wanted to overcome those things that didn't work out or how they were going to, you know, say part and go their separate ways because they didn't work out. You know, it was so lovely to watch a story about just be about a relationship, right? That was the plot and it was beautiful. Loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. Highly recommend, 10 out of 10. I mean, there's a little, like I said, a little bit of frustration towards the later episodes that, you know, you're kind of like, I don't care. But at the same time, it all aided to their love story, all aided to their relationship and it supported it. It did not distract from it, which is always the fine line. So tell me that you love me, the Jung Woo Sung and Shin Hyun Bin loved highly recommend all right let's move on oh my gosh so, <laughs> next i want to talk about really quickly my man is cupid okay so <laughs> my man is cupid is a drama that i did not talk much or at all about really last year um but when i first started it i really loved it i really really loved it um and i was but the one thing i said from the very first episode even though i loved this drama from the start i have to say the thing that stood out to me was that there was a lot 
going on in that drama. When I say a lot going on, there's a lot going on in this drama. There's um, a murder mystery plot. There's a, um, you know, there's mythical creature plot. There is <laughs> faded lovers through time um, and reincarnation plot. I mean, it is stuffed. It is packed with a lot of different moving pieces and you feel it. I'm just going to be honest. You do feel it. You're like, okay, so we're worrying about the murder mystery and someone is out to kill so-and-so and there's serial mur- murders happening and we got to find out who's doing it. But then also there's a mythical creature pretending to be human and he has a mission to complete, but then also he's in love with the human, you know, and then there's also a human who um, has been reincarnated like 15 times and, and he doesn't realize that she's that same girl from the past that he also loved and it's a lot (laughs) it's a lot it's a lot however I am still very invested in my Manus Cupid I only have like a couple I think we only have a couple more episodes left um maybe two and I am still very much invested trying to figure out who's this serial murderer who's this killer on the loose um so that is enough to keep me going but at the same time I really do like our kind of two leads our Cupid who is played by Jong Dong Yoon and um our lovely female lead is Nana and she's just as funny and gorgeous as she always is and they're adorable together they really are um there's this kind of like love triangle aspect to the story as well that it's just you do roll your eyes at to be honest so I mean there's a lot of things about this drama that I think would turn people off and would not be you know worth it for some people but for me the very start of it loved it very grabbed me immediately and once it did that it was hard for me to shake it I'm gonna be honest now is it my favorite drama no and now that I'm getting closer to the end there's some things I'm like eh, you know I can take it or leave it there's a whole side plot story with like there's other cupids <laughs> um and yeah and her best friend and it's I don't care at all and it just seems like it's distracting and taking time away from the main story which already has too much going on so things like that I'm just like you could have left that um but like I said it pulled you in immediately so much so that like I said I got so invested so quickly that it was hard to not keep watching but yeah that's my man is cupid would I highly recommend this one? Probably not. No, I probably would not. Now that I'm getting so close to the end and maybe in the beginning, if you had to talk to me, maybe four episodes in, I probably would have been like, of course, my man is Cupid is amazing. But now that I'm this far, I'm, I'm like, mm, yeah, not the best thing, but also I do like Nana and Dong Yoon together. They look really, like I said, they're really good together. Um, and there's some funny parts and moments and stuff, but yeah wouldn't go out my way necessarily okay um next quickly really quick soundtrack two did anyone else watch this i watched this last year and it was only six episodes i believe i did not watch soundtrack one and mostly because both soundtrack one and soundtrack two have my least favorite tropes in it which is you know um friends to lovers and you know exes to lovers again don't know not my favorite at all but for someone who don't doesn't like that I really liked the writing and soundtrack too now again still not my favorite trope not a story that I 
loved, but the writing, there were some really beautiful lines in this drama. And I would say that the, the way they crafted our two leads, I actually really liked both of them. Um, the Suho character played by Steve No, and then the female lead was Kum Se Rook. And I have to say, I like both of their characters. I really did. I like that the Hung So character, because they're both, again, like they are exes when we meet them and then they basically get involved with one another again. And that of course eventually leads to them dating again. But then when they start dating again, it gets to a point where they're like, is this really going to work out between us? You know, we're, we're trying it again and some of the same issues are still coming up. And so they, they, they break up again, you know, it's so it's like exes to lovers to exes again. And then to maybe lovers one more time, you know, I hate that. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. As like a principle, as like a genre, I hate it. But in this case, the way that they crafted the characters, I really supported them individually. And so when you get them, when you meet them as exes, you get them individually. I like them. And then when you see them trying to put it back together again and start dating again, you still were so invested in them as individuals that you supported their decision of you know getting back together again. But the cool thing about them getting back together again was that they they kind of it was easy, right? It fell back into it really, you know, really easy like okay, this is just how it's supposed to be, but the same issues they both realize are still underneath the surface and they were so self-aware both of them individually and so much so like when they would argue it would be like yeah I know you know <laughs> it was I mean I like that not that idea of being so self-aware that even in an argument you're agreeing with the person that you're arguing with is like they're telling you about you and you're like I know that that's about me and then you tell them about themselves and you're like I know that's about me you know and I love I like seeing their arguments and their dialogues I just thought the writing was so good so I actually really thought this was not a bad drama. Again, for someone who doesn't like this trope, I liked the writing in this one. And I thought it was really nice to see Steve um, in, he, in this role, in this kind of like rom-com role. Really, really adorable. And the actress, Gumse Rook, like I, she was in one of my favorite dramas of last year. If you don't know, if you haven't listened to my podcast episode from last year, you will know what drama I'm talking about. And she was so good in that drama. And she's, I'm, every time I see her now, I'm like, why is she so amazing? Like, I keep forgetting about her, but she is amazing too. So Soundtrack 2 surprised me. Six episodes, I don't think it's the worst thing to check out. Um, nothing, like I said, is going to completely blow you out the water, but it was it has some good writing, has some good lines in there. It had a nice little kind of fresh perspective, a fresh take on that trope that I don't usually like. So yeah, that was Soundtrack 2. Okay, so let's get to this drama. And this one, of course, I'm going to take a little bit more time talking about because everybody... Um, talked about this drama and so of course I'm gonna have to talk about it as well Death's Game yes I watched Death's Game and I don't know if you guys were expecting me to watch it or not expecting me to watch it I can't really tell because you know how I am about stories that deal with things like that but I did go into this um prepared right I really did go into it prepared and I was very happy that I watched this drama because Obviously, the what this drama is talking about and what the kind of grander meaning and theme of this drama is, it's so much more, you know, bigger than a game, right? But 
I was blown away <laughs> by this drama. Um, first things first is this structure of a game, right? I know this is based off a web comic. And so obviously this was done in the, the original story and which obviously was done well because I really like this concept of this game. And it is a game with death. The, in the story, we have a character named Death played by Paxo Dom. And then we have our lead male character, um, Che Ye J, who is played by So Gook. And in this story, in this game that he starts to play with death, he is given these um, 12 times to experience death. And it is a punishment because he has taken his own life. And in, to avoid, you know, straight, you know, going to hell, he has to go through these 12 deaths and hopefully survive one of them. And if he can survive it, he won't be sent straight to hell, right? And so as this being a punishment for, you know, in the story, for example, death believes that he takes death lightly to think that he would take his own life you must you know think lightly of death so because of that now you have to experience it 12 times and how he experienced it 12 times is obviously that he gets to um, go into these different lives these different people who are at the point of potentially dying all the characters that he enters these lives into he gets to kind of see who he's li whose life he's li living they give him a moment of like all right these are the memories of this person these are the skills of this person now see if you can survive their impeding death because all of them are at the verge of some kind of death and the deaths of course vary and the statuses of these people vary However, the one thing that doesn't vary is the connections that these characters have to one another and even who have to him, right? As in, there are people that are directly connected to the death of his, you know, girlfriend. They're connected to him. I mean, there's just so many ways that they're all connected. So it's this really, really complicated game. And I thought they handled that very well. So when I was initially watching it, because they broke it up, it was only eight episodes. They broke it up, you know, four episodes and then in December and then four episodes in January and beginning of January. And when I was first starting like this story, I mean, they jumped straight into it. Right. And I thought the pacing of it was beautiful. It really felt like a game. And as far as the, even the, con the time of like eight episodes, I really felt that in doing that, it felt like a game story um, and I, I appreciated that. It was it was very, very respectful of the structure of this game that the character is playing. Now, the other thing that kind of like was I was apprehensive about in the beginning was that there was this game, but then also the grander story of this guy and this corporation and how evil he was and how he connected to our um, Che Ye. Yay J character. And I was unsure if that mattered, right? I was unsure if it was going to be something that cheapened this theme or this message of like appreciating your life and appreciating those who love you in your life. You know, I, I thought it was going to cheapen that by, you know, bringing in this like evil villain guy. But again, it actually worked out very well. I think they did a wonderful job of tying it into his character's life and his kind of the, his 
what he wanted out of his life, which was working for this large corporation and how they circle back to that, where it's like, that was the reason why he killed himself because he couldn't fulfill this, this role of being in this, getting this type of job and, and supporting his girlfriend and all of that for a corporation ran by someone who was actively a devil, right? So it was just like super, you know, meaningful at the end of it. But I think in the beginning, I was a little nervous that it this 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 kind of, you know, evil villain guy was really going to cheapen the overall kind of theme of the story, but it did not. But it did not. And then when we get to the very very end, you feel you figure this all out. So again, the way the story ended up going, it was wonderfully done. And I liked at the end there when you get to the final person that he's supposed to live their life of. It was to me, I knew it was going to happen. First of all, a couple people back, a couple lives back. I knew that was going to be his final boss, honestly, um, which was his mother, which was his mother. And I have to say, I really love that. <laughs> I really loved, I think, I really think, I don't know. I just really loved that one. I thought it was really important. And I thought that was what sealed the deal for like what you were supposed to get out of the story. What was the real message and and meaning of this death's game? You know, I thought it was so important that they gave that. And I thought it was wonderfully matched by having him in his final, so his 12th life or 12th death be have to live as his mother I don't know I'm I'm saying I'm talking about this in a way where I'm like I'm actually getting a little choked up about it because I just thought it was so important that they still to deal with that message of the person that he hurt the most wasn't himself right by actually killing himself it wasn't himself it was the person that loved him the most and then to live as this person that you didn't really feel like you barely knew what she was doing. You know, I love me a good mother character. I love me a good mother character. And to see him live her life, one that was, you know, not plagued, but it was plagued with intense hard work to support her son, but then also to still be there for her son and chug on and keep pushing through. And I was like, okay, this is going to get a little heavy handed where it's like, oh, you got to keep pushing through, you know, it, no matter how hard life is, keep, you know, I, I didn't want it to feel like that was, you know, like to me, that can be heavy handed when stories try to make that the, the case, but it wasn't that it was that you see what it looks like to be a person who does do that. But a part of that is having people in your life that love and support you and that you have a purpose for and you know that's greater than you know some job or some career that's what's most important are these people that are in your life that you love and being grateful to that and being grateful for that and understanding those blessings that would be enough to keep you going in the lowest and darkest times. And so I just really thought that was beautiful that they even, you know, thought to highlight that as a part of the, the message. So beautifully done. I love the ending. Um, I was really nervous about the ending, but at the same time, you do get so used to him dying and him being dead in a way that even at the end, you're like, you know, what's the worst that can happen to him, right? So I thought that was very interesting that 
you yourself, the audience watching, get so used to death um, in that. And it's not one something that I, you know, I ever want to get used to, but it was it was interesting that it kind of took some of that away. And I think so. Yeah, I just I don't know. I thought Death Games was so well done um, and was very impressed by it. And I think the eight episode format was perfect. Um, did it need a break in between? No, absolutely not. Did not need a break in between. But still really, really enjoyed it. I would highly recommend it. It is pretty heavy. There is a lot of violence. Um I mean, tons of violence, obviously, but it was good. It was really good. Um, The final thing I will say about this drama, and it's my absolute favorite thing about this drama, the kind of um, (laughs) cameos or I don't even know what you would call this, but like the amount of amazing actors that we had in this drama blew my mind. I mean, mind you, the actors that we have are not even spanning full episodes. Some of them are in for like half an episode. Some of their stories last just an episode and we don't see them again, you know. And when I tell you the performances they gave and these kind of like very short snippets throughout these eight episodes were some of the best performances I've ever seen them to give, I'm gonna be honest. Like, so good. EJ Wook, come on. His entire story, his entire plot, like I could not get enough of him. I didn't want to see him die. I'm going to be honest. He was so good. Lee Do Hyun, one of the best. One of the best. I mean, best performance. I mean, so good. What was so amazing about his performance and what I was hoping was like, I thought it was weird that I didn't think it was weird at all. I'm just saying they gave um, one of the characters, each of these characters had their different careers or different lives and different things that they were good at or whatever. And one of the characters was a serial killer, which is terrifying, but he was a serial killer played by Kim Jae-wook, who is still one of the most beautiful men that I've ever seen in my life. Love him, miss him. He should always be in a drama. Like, why is he not in a drama once a month? Oh my gosh, loved him. But he played a serial killer. And I was like, you know who would have been a great serial killer in this drama would have been Lee Do Hyun. And I keep, I don't know, I think I have this thing with him from the glory that I'm still trying to realize. But I, but then the drama knew that because they ended up at the end when his character kind of like weirdly, not weirdly, but it kind of like, not makes a comeback, but they he shows how each of the lives that he lives all of the people that he's, you know, all the characters that he ends up living a life of, their skills and the things that he's accumulated and gained over this game, they all come back at the end and like defeating the final boss, which again, is such a game format. So super cool. Um, But it all comes back for him. When they show Lee Dong Hyun in this moment, and he's like giving, he's the one who's like actually trying to to kill our final boss, which is you know played by Kim Ji Hyun. Kim Ji Hoon. I was just like, ah, there it is, a little snippet. There's a little piece of it right there. He would be so good as a serial killer. I know that sounds so scary and bad to say, but it's true. He's just amazing. So there's some of the best performances. I mean, Oh Jung Jung Se, ah. Uh, Loved him. 
Sung Hoon was, I mean, some of the best, some of the best performances. I mean, they just came in for like 40 minutes and just showed out and then dipped. Like that's what they did. And I was so impressed by it. So impressed. So that's actually my favorite part of this drama was the actors that they had in it and how amazing their performances were and the kind of short time frame that we got to spend with them. So yes, that alone is a reason to watch this drama. But okay, that's Death's Game. I had to talk a little bit about it because everybody had something to say about it. So I was like, let me get my two cents into. Um, next drama that I haven't heard anyone talk about and I don't know if it's because maybe I have heard people talk about it, but I feel like just in general, I haven't heard people follow up about it, but it's the drama called Young Sung Creature with Park So Joon and Han So Hee. So I knew it was supposed to be like horror-esque, obviously something in the title Creature. And I remember like, okay, I think I'm gonna check it out because it has So Joon in it. And I do like So Hee. I know a lot of people are kind of on the fence with her, but I do like her as well. So I was like, okay, I wanna try it, even though I've heard it is scary. So when I started it, I couldn't get through the opening. Um, I was like, yep, this opening is terrifying. So I'm gonna try this again at a later date. So I get back to it. And once I get past the opening, obviously, and I, I really got into it. I know, weird, right? I really got into this drama. It's a drama that has, um, you know, it's based in this kind of historical time period, which is actually not an uncommon one these days in K-drama land, which is about the occupation, um, Japanese occupation in Korea. And it's such a horrible time to ever watch in any regard, um, let alone a drama you know, it's not the ideal place to get it. And one of my favorite dramas last year was Tell the Nine Tale, 1938, which was with a similar um, setting. And I remember thinking with the way that that was a horror story, right? To some regard, Tell the Nine Tale is supposed to be horror. Um, and this one was also in this kind of same category or genre. It only makes sense to tell the story in that way because it does highlight the horrors of this time period. And I think the most terrifying thing about this drama was obviously not this creature that you do see um, at all. It was the horrors of everything else surrounding it and what was going on during this time. I mean, horrific. So I would say this was one of the scariest dramas I've watched in a really long time. It was terrifying. And again, not because of some creature, some, you know, CGI creature that they were showing. It was everything else that happened in this story. Um, and so many of the the real historical references that they were pointing to and highlighting and showing, I was just like, I can't do this. I mean, it was traumatizing to say the least. So not a very, not a drama I would recommend. <laughs> I'm just gonna tell you like that. I'm not a drama I would recommend, but did I watch it? Yes, because I think that's why because it does get you involved in this kind of idea of the creature and how the creature obviously is created but then also how you want them to defeat not the creature necessarily but to defeat the people that have created um, this creature one of the other most meaningful things about this drama is this idea of the creature being the mother of Yoon Cheok, who is played by Han So Hee. So spoiler alert, um, but this revealed like in the first two episodes, but 
the creature that these this you know these these horrible you know military doctors are creating is after basically violating um this mother and after violating this mother they create this this creature that obviously they want to use for you know basically as a weapon in military scenarios and what I realized and again this was I don't know if this was supposed to be very you know transparent like this was supposed to be obvious but the way that some of the lines were spoken about this creature and her being this mother and so he's character realizing this is her mother and all of that it is it was very um I think pointed because it was referencing to me this idea of Korea itself being um, the motherland for um, in a way in that the people who created this creature violated this mother, right? And they were the same people who violated this country, their Korean, their motherland. And there's a part when Cheok is exclaiming, like, why would you think, you know, you have the audacity or the right to do this to my mother, right? And it's her saying that in the sense of, like, speaking from this Korean perspective during this time. Like, what gave you the right to do this to our motherland, you know, and it's so, it's so deep and it goes there and it's very obvious. And like I said, it's pointed, like you can't miss it really. And I just thought that was really well done. Um, and again, it made it even harder to really stomach this story. So it was not an easy watch by any means. I, um, but I, you do get invested in your characters. I think they did a really good job of kind of, to me, setting up those characters, um, the Taesong and the um, the Cheo character. And then to get to the end and it's like, you know, kind of, I don't want to spoil the ending, but it's a little jarring and you're like really taken aback by it. But then there is news of there being a season two. And I was like, okay, really? Um, How is this going to go? I don't really know. I didn't look into it very, I didn't look into it. I just know they said coming in 2024, season two. And it looks like, you know, Sojun's going to be in it. And I... I don't know what season two is going to be about. I will check it out. I'll let you guys know. But um, yeah, again, very hard watch. Wouldn't recommend it. Um, but I did get through it. And there were some 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 good points to it. Um, but it was mostly a real horror drama to me. And again, not because of some, cre- some CGI creature. There was a lot of other horrors in that story. So yeah. Let me know. Have you, has anyone watched this drama? I feel like, again, I haven't heard much about it. So, all right, let's go on to this next category. And again, we're moving fast. We're rapid firing. That was still going to take the most time because I have real thoughts on those things. But now I'm going to dramas I'm currently watching or I'm in the throes of watching. Um, and the first one is Like Flowers and Sand. And I, another one was um, Jong Dong Yoon. But I started this one and then like marathoned it because I was so far behind after it started but I am all caught up and I actually really like the 
this drama. I really like this drama. And I'm saying it like that because I didn't know what it was about when I started it. I'm going to be honest. I had no idea. And then when I started watching it and I realized that it was a sports drama, I was like, sign me up. If you don't know anything else about Lola, know this. I will eat up every time a sports drama. I know, weird, because I do not like sports in general in my everyday life. I have no desire to watch sports at any point. Um, I don't like the idea of going to sports games. I don't have any interest in it. But if I'm watching it in a movie or in a drama, uh, nine, nine times out of 10, I will, I'm not even nine, 10 times out of 10, I'm going to enjoy it. I always enjoy it. I love a sports drama. I just feel like sports as a like, um, as a motif, is like such a powerful one. I feel like there's so, it's so easy to use sports as like a motif for just like different elements of living your everyday life. And I, and I, I love it. So this drama being about a sport too, that I also don't know much about. And so hearing and learning about the sports in the kind of setting of a drama, I also get really into. So just like, just like when you watch dramas about careers or, you know, things that you don't have any familiarity with, I I get into those things. I like learning about it. And so I feel like that's another tie for me in this drama. It's also set in the countryside. So you get these beautiful, gorgeous shots and you get the kind of mutedness sometimes of being in its countryside setting, but also not really. They're very loud in this drama. Let me just say this. They're not quiet. They are very loud. Um, everyone is always like screaming, yelling at some point, which is so funny. Most of the time, it's our two leads, Dushik and Bigdu, always yelling at each other. And it's Dushik probably also hitting him in the head for some reason. But I really, really actually like that about this drama. The thing that I thought I would have the hardest time with is of course, what guys, the trope of them being childhood friends and then like reuniting like, oh, what's gonna happen to them? You know, not my favorite. But in this regard, I actually don't mind it because they really do position them all the way up to the point where they have, we do get a little little kiss for those two as real legit friends, like actual friends. And even though you can see that Big Du has this kind of, not obsession, but this like real, real tie to Dushake to the point where it's like, obviously he has feelings for her that may be beyond friendship. The way they interact, it's so friend. Like I just really, I don't mind knowing that underneath the surface that at some point they're going to have to reveal that they actually really like each other. But I really do enjoy their friendship and how they're keeping it and showing it as just a friendship. Even with the little kiss that we do get, um, it's still like under this friendship, guys. And I just love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So I actually am enjoying this drama. And there is this murder mystery plot to it, though, that... Dushik, her character comes back into town about because she's a police officer and she's trying to kind of connect the this recent murders with something that happened in her past and that kind of really disrupted her past um, and her entire life, to be honest. And so there's this entire murder mystery. And, you know, when you have these small town stories, they're usually something like that. But I will say that that mystery to me isn't at all as entertaining to me as the kind of relationship between our two leads, but then also Big Do's career as a you know wrestler. Like I really am enjoying 
that way more than like figuring out what's going on. I almost feel like I already know everything that's going on. I like the murder mystery aspect is not so um, like, oh my gosh, like what's gonna happen? Who did what? Like, I feel like I figured it out already. And so I think that's why I'm kind of like, okay, let's get back to him wrestling. Let's get back to them being friends. You know, like that's what's more entertaining to me. Um, I will also say that the other element to the, you know, small town kind of, you know, countryside, story is like everyone else who lives in the town. And some of the points, I'm going to be honest, some of the the conversations and some of the the side characters, I'm not completely, I don't want to hear it. I'm going to be honest. Like some of it is just like, it's, it seems like it's just, I don't know. I don't feel as connected to those characters to watch them off screen, you know, off, you know, in a separate scene talking to each other, you know, about maybe the leads or something like that, about Dushik or I don't, I don't really want to hear it a lot of times with some of the other people in the, some of the town folks. So that is a little like, okay, let's, let's move this along. And that's to me a detriment to the story because I feel like you should make it so that I am so invested in other characters so that when you show them, outside of my main leads, I am welcoming them. And I feel like a good example of that is Hometown Cha-Cha-Cha. I ranted and raved about that aspect of that drama where they were, there were so many other characters that I cared about that when they went off, you know, off from the main leads and went over to this, you know, other town folk, I really enjoyed their stories too. So that's not the case at all for me. And like this, you know, like Flowers and Sand, and it could just be, they didn't have the time to develop those other characters enough so that when they do go off to them, it's like, and, and they're usually talking about our leads, you know what I mean? So it's like, they don't have anything going on for themselves outside talking for talking about our leads. So yeah, that I'm not the biggest fan of. Now, the other thing that I really, really um, was surprised by was um, the Kwok Jin Su character who is like, the childhood, also a childhood friend of the two leads who ends up coming back to coach the wrestling team. And I'm, I'm so like bringing him up because I just, I don't even know how to explain this. So basically watching this drama in the beginning, I was like, okay, who is this? Who is this actor? He's really cute to me. I kept thinking he's so cute. He's so cute. That's all I kept thinking when I, whenever he was on script, like, oh my gosh, he's so cute. And then I was like, okay, look it up. Who is this new actor on the scene that is just so cute? I'm just dead serious. I was like, let me look him up. Tell me why it's EJ <laughs> And I'm saying it like that because if you're watching this this drama, you know that both Dong Yoon, the actor Dong Yoon, and Jisoo, they are a little bit a little bit heavier in this drama than you're used to seeing them because they're playing these wrestlers that usually are kind of you know bigger in stature. And he's I've never seen him look like this before. So so much so that he looks like an entirely different person to me. I'm not kidding. I did not know who he was. I literally thought he was a new actor on the scene. I was like, oh my gosh, who's this cutie patootie? I don't know who this is. But his weight gain looks so good on him. I'm going to be honest. Like, he looks so good. And it's so cool because he looks like two different actors. So it's like he can kind of like act in two different types of, you know, he can he can give, you know, dramas different things because he looks like two different people. Um, very attractive in both ways, but just threw me threw me for a loop when I realized who he was. I was like, this is Adrian 
do. Like, I know who he is. I was, I follow him like on Instagram. Like I was, <laughs> I don't know what that was about. I was so in shock that that was him. But anywho, um, yes. So that is my feelings on like flowers and sand. Um, it should be ending maybe in a week or two, I think. I don't know. I can't remember, but you know, I started it late, so I, I, I'm all off with the timeline. But so far, I would highly recommend that one. All right, next drama I have on this list is Love Song for Illusion. Um, I'm just going to be honest with you. It's in the category right now of dramas I'm currently watching. Um, and I want to say that it might not be there for long. I know, I know, I know. Hear me out. So Love Song for Illusion has one of my absolute faves of all time, Park Jung-hoon, um, and a newer actress I don't know much about, um, Hong Ye-ji, I believe it's her name. And it's a uh, Seguk, you know, it's a historical drama. And so I was very excited about this drama, to say the least. Um, we even have Park Ji-hoon playing, like, two characters in a way because his the crown prince that he's playing um has two personalities so he has like a kind of evil personality and then he also has like his actual personality um and um so i was like oh this is gonna be you know really good performance wise for jifun so just a lot of things going for this drama for me <sighs> however i have to say <laughs> I I don't know what's going on in this drama. That's the first thing. I, I feel like I don't know what's going on. Um, and I think that's because I'm not invested at all in I, any of our lead characters, be it our young ghoul, who's our female lead, or our crown prince, who has two different personalities. Um, not any one of the personalities I care much about. And then there's this kind of like, um, I don't... And, don't even know if, if it's real I mean there's also this kind of supernatural element to it as opposed to like an actual mental health issue where it's like it's he's possessed in a way like his second personality is like a, a, a spirit that has taken over I mean and so it's like that part I'm like is it real or is that not like is that true what is that then there's this like comedic element to the drama that's like points that are supposed to be like funny I think and I'm not laughing at any of them I'm like I think that was supposed to be funny but I'm not laughing so why am I not laughing you know so it's just a lot of about this drama that I am not into at all and it's not to say that Hoon's not doing great it's just I also just don't like these characters that he's playing and then this um Youngwool character played by Hong Yejin I don't have any interest in her. I mean, I know it's like she has this like this sad setup when, you know, her father family's killed in front of her when she was a child. And so she has like this revenge murder. You know, she wants to revenge, you know, avenge her, her, you know, slain parents. And so she trains her most of her life to be an assassin to basically take out the king. And they kind of strip that from her in the first couple episodes because they take away her memory. And so she doesn't even know who she is and why she's in the palace and all of that. So they kind of take that away from her. Then they try to slowly give it back to her. And then we're supposed to be like, okay, 
you know, we're fighting for her revenge again. And it just doesn't. And I don't know how many times I'm going to have the king like sleeping around with women and like getting drunk and high on stuff. Like I can't, I don't know how many scenes we're going to have of that. So yeah, there's just a lot in this drama that's not enjoyable. I think that's the best way to describe it. Like there's things that are happening that I'm just not enjoying. And I think I might have to call it on this one. I don't think there's anything that's going to happen that's going to magically make me start enjoying it either. And I also might, I don't want to say this, but I'm going to say it. And also might be our two leads. Like I don't feel any chemistry between the two. And it could be the fault of this plot of like these two different, you know, characters uh, and the, the the lead, you know, female character not really knowing what to do with these two personalities and you know maybe that's why you're not she's having problems connecting with one of the others or then you know either way I don't feel it I don't buy it so even that's not a saving point for me so love Ji-hoon will always love and support him but will not I don't think I will be continuing with love song for illusion now if you keep watching this and you think they're I'm missing out on something and something magically does happen or change. Let me know. But for me, I think I, I seen enough. And again, this is a year of me being very picky. So I'm not keeping any dramas on my list that I just feel blah about, or like, Oh, I'm just watching it to say I watched it. I'm not doing that this year. And so if I can knock out a drama, I'm going to start knocking out dramas. And I think I have it in dramas I'm currently watching, but it might be moving to the next category that I have, which is dramas I've dropped or dramas that um, I started and probably will not be continuing. Now, that was Love Song for Illusion. Next, let's talk about Nightflower. Really quickly, this is going to be easy. I have only watched two episodes. I think there's only been two episodes at the time of me recording this. It stars Miss Honey Lee, Miss Honey Lee. I haven't seen Miss Honey Lee in so long. I missed her. Um, so love me some Honey Lee. Um, and then it also has um, Park so- Su Ho, who I haven't watched in a long time as well. Well, last time I watched him, I didn't really enjoy the performance. So I probably walked it out and forgot. But anyway, it's nice to see him again. Nightflower, another historical, um, kind of on with the comedy aspect to it. And so, again, if I'm comparing the two with, you know, this with Love Song for Illusion, I immediately, immediately connect it with our lead character here. Um, the character played by um, E. Honey or Honey Lee. Loved, loved her, fem- let me love her character. So, so funny, but also she's super cool. Um, and you really are rooting for her because she's currently in this kind of widowed life turmoil, which coming from my drama from last year with Romu and I realized like during the Joseon period, like that was a really serious thing when you were widowed, um, you were kind of on lockdown and this is her case and this our lead female care. She's like locked up at her, you know, her parents-in-law's home and she's not allowed to like really do anything. And so at night she continues living the life that she really wants to live, which is basically this kind of Robin Hood-esque character who will take from the the rich to give to the poor and who will stand up for the poor in any way and and help and support anyone that she can. You know, like that's what she does, you know, at night. 
and it's super cool of a, I mean, such a cool character, but then you have our, um, kind of male lead played by Suho, who is this kind of, you know, upright, a police guy. He's kind of upright and he is supposed to be protecting and serving the the people. Yet at the same time, he's seeing this like mystical person during the night doing the things that they should be doing, you know, and I really like that he has to kind of like question his own role and like what he's supposed to be doing and what's justice and and really serving and standing up for the people. And he gets connected with her and he keeps running into her, but he doesn't know who she is because she's masked all the time. And and so I'm just loving that secrecy and that she's like playing this, you know, this different person in the day and then at night, she's this totally different woman. I love it. So only two episodes in and I have to say Night Flower is so much more entertaining to me right now and funnier. Oh my gosh, so funny um, than Love Song for Illusion. So if I had to choose, I would definitely say Nightflower would be the one to really start. And the other thing I will say about just having Honey Lee and a you know historical drama, it's always welcomed because she has a background, I believe, in like um, music. And I think one of the things that she like really majored in and studied and produced albums is like traditional, you know, Korean instruments. And so seeing her like throw that in, in this drama so far has been really nice to see. So I'm just like, I'm a Honey Lee fan, as you can tell. So really excited to see her. Glad she's back. Um, and Nightflower highly would recommend even after just two episodes. If you don't mind those Joseon period historical dramas that are also with like comedy, because I feel like some people can take or leave those. And I'm, I I can get into them. I don't think I can take more than one at a time though. Um, but I, I do, I do like this one. I do. And then to round out this list, very short list, even now, because I dropped a drama while talking to you guys. Um, but I have to say the next one on the list, only two episodes in as well. So very early, early thoughts on it. Um, It's a shop for killers or the killers shopping mall. All right, let's talk about this one really quickly. So a shop for killers, the killers shopping mall with the actress Kim Hae-joon and Lee Dong-wook. Um... Wow. Two episodes. Only two episodes, guys. The same the story is based off of the of a book by the same author of the Killer's Shopping List, which was a drama that I really loved a couple years ago. And so I have very high expectations for this drama. Going into it, I mean, immediately the opening to the first episode was so good. I mean, when I tell you it comes in guns a-blazing, literally (laughs) guns a-blazing. It was so, so much action right out the gate and I loved it. And the coolest thing is that our lead here is this young um, character named Jung Jian and She's the niece of Jung Jin Man, played by Lee Dong Wook. And she has like this innate, innate abilities to kind of like 
think quickly on her toes. And a lot of it, I think they're like, you know, comes from her family, you know, you know, the apple doesn't fall from, from the tree kind of situation with her um, uncle and Jimon. And the whole point is that basically he ends up dead and she's kind of left to fend for her life because the same people that are responsible for her parents' death and possibly also Jinmon's death is now after her. And she's on her own. And it's, and I mean, she has a friend, um, but at the same time, she's on her own and she's now having to fend for herself. The coolest thing that I think I like about the setup and her character in particular is that she isn't a trained killer, right? Like she has this uncle who may or may not have been trained at this, or he may have just been, you know, we don't know. It's a big mystery surrounding her uncle right now. But the cool thing is that it's not like a story of like this young assassin killer girl who has been trained all her life to be this way. Like she was a normal college kid after suffering such a trauma when she was a child with losing her parents, all of that and having to live with, you know, live with her uncle who isn't the most like, you know, uh, doesn't have the most welcoming personality, mind you. And yet she, you know, gets to go into college. She's super bright, she's super smart, you know, and it's nice to see that she's just kind of like this average girl who has just, who's really smart and has, you know, thinks quick on her toes. And again, has this kind of blood running through her that is of her uncle um, who, may or may not have been in this kind of lifestyle that is um, involved with, you know, actual killers. Um, so I just loved it. I mean, the action was out the gate, um, literally. Like I said, guns are blazing out of the gate and watching her character think on her toes in the midst of this battle, this gunfight, literally super cool to watch. And again, she does not have the training technically. She just kind of has like these little bits and pieces that she's picked up over the years living with her uncle. Um, and the way that the story is, the way that story is revealed in these two episodes, they do a lot with time as far as like we start in the present and then we go to the past and then we go to the present again and then we go to the past only to then round up and take us right back to the present where we originally started, but we still haven't fully gone past the present moment that we started with in the very first episode, which sounds weird, but you'll know what I mean when you watch the first two episodes. But I love the storytelling already and the way that they're playing with time and how they're going back a little to give us info about Gian and how she was raised and how she lost her parents. But then also we're starting to pick up little informations and bits and, and tidbits about Jimon, her uncle, and like who he was, you know, prior to his death or his passing. And then you also have her friend who she knew when she was in elementary school and he kind of is still around and he comes in and he's there with her. Um, and so I like that she's not completely alone, but I'm really intrigued by the fact that she isn't this trained killer now up against multiple killers, multiple guys trying to destroy her, trying to kill her, trying to capture her. And it's like, how is this one girl going to make it? And so that enough is a great story setup. I mean, so good. And to me, very telling of our author of The Killing Shopping List. Like she has a really good job uh, or a knack with keeping you invested in the in the suspense and the mystery and the intrigue 
while still not keeping you too far from it. You know what I mean? Where it's like, you can see how this is going to play out, but at the same time, she has thrown a lot in there for you to be so connected to, so invested with that the journey to revealing what's going to happen is just as important and enjoyable as in like the final reveal. By the time you even get the final reveal, you're like, of course, right? So so I have my expectations are a little too high for this drama, but the first two episodes were so good that I am convinced that this is going to be another favorite of mine. And this author, whoever she is, she needs, if she has more, they need to keep making every single book that she has ever done. Like, I love it. I'm assuming this is like a series of the killers something. Um, the killer shopping list loved it. Highly recommend. Super funny. The killer shopping list is totally different as far as like the tone, but at the same time, there is this, I think, commonality between the first, like the killer shopping list. Like there is this kind of, uh, what's the word? I don't know. I feel like there's a word, but there is this feeling of, um, it's not comedy necessarily. It's not comedic, but there is this kind of offbeatness. That's what it is. It's like, it's very, there's an offbeatness to the killing shopping list. Cause I remember when I told you, and I talked about that drama, I told you guys that it felt like Napoleon Dynamite. And you guys know, if you've watched Napoleon Dynamite, there's a very much offbeatness about that story and the characters and the time and who, you know, and the, where they're living. There's something just offbeat about it. And it was the same way with the killer shopping list. And I feel the same way about the killer's shopping mall. Like there's something off about the town that they're living in, the the people that are kind of these trained killers and this kind of black market of weapons that Jimon may have been selling to these, supplying these killers and things like that. So there's something offbeat about that. Like that's not a very common setup. So overall, highly recommending it after just first two episodes. I am really excited to watch the next week's episodes. So this is definitely shooting top of my list right now, um, especially since Tell Me That You Love Me is over. <laughs> um, but yeah, I with and that really sums up the dramas that I'm currently watching. So that's really Like Flowers and Sand, which is ending soon. Just um, dropped Love Song for Illusion. So that's not even on the list anymore. And then Night Flower, which I just started two episodes in and the Killer Shopping Mall, which is only two episodes in as well. So I'm only looking at three dramas currently that I'm watching. So what do you guys think? Are you impressed? I'm impressed. Um, this ties into the next category, which is dramas I've recently dropped or started and just didn't think I should even continue or bother with. Um, first on the list, welcome to Sam Dari. I tried, guys. It's, I tried. I tried. That's all I got. I tried. Love Wookie will always be there to support him. Um, but no, I'm sorry. Couldn't do it. Um, <laughs> that's, oh my gosh, I could not do it. This this story is the example of the um, exes, the, the childhood friends to lovers, to exes, to lovers again setup that I hate. This is it. If you want an example of what I don't like, this is it. That's all I'm going to say. I know people enjoy this story. I know this. there's a lot there that people are okay with. But as far as that story, that trope, that setup, no, I can't do it. I can't, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. So this is dropped. I try. I got maybe to episode six or seven, 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 eight, six, seven. One of those, one of those episodes. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. So 
I'm, I don't think I'm going to regret it, guys. I don't. I don't. Um, next one, Maestra, Strings of Truth. Episode five, I was bored out of my mind. It was so predictable. Every moment, every motion that the characters made, I was like, oh, of course. Yep, of course that's going to happen. Yep. And now this happens. It was so predictable. I know it's based off of a French a French TV show. I've never watched that French TV. I think it's even based off of a book. I've never watched. I've never read. I don't know the original story. And yet I did know the story. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I feel like I knew how everything was going to work out, even if there is like some major twist that happens in the end, it still wouldn't be enough to get me um, to say that all of the predictability was worth it. I'm just going to be honest. And then the other thing to say about the Maestra, again, didn't get, I didn't finish it. Only five episodes. I did not connect at all with none, with any of the characters. I did not connect at all with any of the characters. Our Maestra herself, I could not even, like, I just didn't care enough. And again, that could be because I was bored. You know, I was a little bored. So dropped it. Episode five, my happy ending. I, I'm not sure I'm going to, let me say this about my happy ending. I may come back to it. Okay. I may come back. This may be one that I put on hold. I only started, I only got through, I think one episode or two episodes, not very far. And I, I might come back to it. I don't, I don't know what it is, but there's something to it. I'm like, I technically I'm still a little invested. I, I still kind of am, I'm getting invested, right? I, I'm a little connected to our lead already. And that's what I like. That's what I'm talking about. But also I'm not in love with it as a overall story enough to be like, oh, I have to keep watching this every week. So that's why I, I put it in the drop category, but I might come back. I might come back for this one after it finishes and then just kind of marathon it. So we'll see. But my happy ending currently is on the drop list. Um, next on this list, Between Him and Her. Another one that I only got through the first episode and I was just like, these characters are so unlikable. <laughs> And not in the unlikable way where it's like, but I understand them way. It was like, you're unlikable and I don't understand you. Or I just don't, I can't, I don't want to understand you, you know, and your decisions that you're making. And that was just off of one episode. So of course this could have completely changed as the episodes continued. But for me, that first episode, you, I'm being super strict and super picky. It wasn't, it wasn't doing it for me. So definitely on my drop list, but if I hear from anybody that I made a mistake about any of these dramas. I'm always willing. I'm always willing to go back and right my wrongs. But I don't think, I don't, well, at least for my happy ending, you guys let me know if you are far along with that or almost done with that. Let me know if it's worth it to go back to. And then same with Between Him and Her. Maestra and Welcome to Sound Theory. I'm not going back. That There's there, there's no way. I'm not going back. But my happy ending and Between Him and Her because I only gave them one episode I, you know, I think it's fair to say that I really didn't give it enough, but I also, I don't have, I don't have the, the, the patience for it this year. So let me know if I need to put it back on the list. Cause I, obviously I have a little bit of room. I'll have a little bit of room since I'm moving love song for illusion down on drums. I've dropped. <laughs> Again, another one I'm not going to regret. I'm pretty sure. Um, so yeah, that's the dramas I've dropped category. Rounding this up really quickly with dramas I'm hoping to watch. And these are dramas that are starting within the next week or so and starting in, you know, beginning of February. And the first one on this list, I'm not completely sure I want to watch it based off of the fact 
that it's a it seems to be a medical drama it's literally called dr slump um so i'm not i'm not completely sure that this is even one i want to start but it has my baby young chicken and i haven't seen him in a while i feel like and i miss him and so like that's enough for me to watch this again um and then we have a reunion between him and you know shin hey you know they were both in the airs so i just kind of like i kind of feel like i have to watch this one i'm nervous because it's medical but i'm i'm feeling you know pretty optimistic that the medical side to this won't be the forefront maybe we'll see um i also know that there's like this kind of like you know, pass that they had together and that they're like meeting up again. I think that's the point. Um, like they knew each other in school and they were right. Anyway, I, it's again, questionable setup for me, but it seems like it's gonna, I don't know. I'm, I really want to see my love. I really want to see my love again. I really want to see him. And I haven't seen Shin Hei in a while either, to be honest. So it would be nice. It would be nice. So I will be starting this one. I will be trying it out. But again, no, I'm being super picky. I mean, super picky. So if there's anything off in the first two episodes, I'm letting it go. Okay. Don't, don't expect me to stick around, but I will for sure start it. That I do know. Um, and then the next on the list that I am hoping to watch is Captivating the King. Now you should know, I, I'm a sucker for historicals guys. So nine times out of 10, if there's an historical coming out, I'm probably gonna give it a shot. I may not continue watching it, I may drop it, but I will be giving it a shot. So Captivating the King, um, with, I love Cho Jung Sook. I haven't watched him in a while. I feel like it's been a little bit for me and him. Um, so I really want to see him again. And then Shin Se-kyung, she's an actress that over the years has really grown on me. I was very harsh on her, her years ago. I mean, I was like, oh, she's in this drama. Oh, you know, I, I'm going to be honest. I was, I had my nose up in the air about her acting, but I, she has really grown on me. So I'm really excited to see her in this as well. So just in general, I, I'm, I'm excited about Captivating the King. I mean, even like, um, I, I don't really know what the story is about. I don't know if it's based off of like a real king or anything like that, but, um, you know me, I love me a good historical. Um, and I think like there's something about a spy. So I don't know if she is a spy or she, you know, I don't even know. I don't know, but either way, that kind of stuff. I eat it up because it's like, you know, secret identity and you know, I love my secret identity stuff. So definitely we'll be checking out Captivated and King and, you know, hey, if I have to add a couple more dramas to my list, I have the room. I have the room. So I'm excited about that. Um, the other one I'm going to check out, but I don't have much hope for it. <laughs> I know that sounds bad. I will be checking it out, but I don't I don't know. I don't believe it's going to stick. But Flex Cop, <laughs> I don't even know what that's about. But I, I will try it out. I will try it out. Um, it has on Bohyun in it. And, you know, you got to check out anything with Bohyun in it because it's usually going to be him looking just really, really great. And it's action. And I do love my action. You guys know that. So I'm going to try it, but I'm not hopeful. So again, 
I'll, you'll find out in my February Ramblers and Musings if this one's stuck or not. But as of right now, it is on the list to check out, to watch, to start. Um, and then last on that list is A Killer Paradox. Again, this one, I think it's going to be like a one drop one. And so I love those because I can get through them in, you know, one setting, one sitting. And so those, I, I feel like usually get watched by me when you drop them all at once. I usually can get that done. I think it's also based off of a web comic. Um, there's like this murder serial killer aspect to it. So I don't know what's going on with that this year already, but I'm invested. I already invested because you know who they have in here. Sun Suku is in it, one of my loves. I mean, an actual love of my life. Um, and so I'm really excited to to watch him and something again. So I will be watching this. I will. I'm pretty sure I'll be able to knock it out in one sitting. So this one you'll hear about um, at some point in February, I'm sure. But yeah, that's the last on my dramas I'm hoping of starting or hoping of watching soon. And you'll hear more about in my ramblings and musings for February. Now to wrap this up, the only thing I did want to mention is that I have not mentioned a drama that's very popular currently, um, which is Marry My Husband. (laughs) I, with Parkman Young. I don't know what it is, but I have no desire to watch that drama. And I hear about it, like out of all these dramas, this is the drama I hear most about constantly, weekly, like everyone's like talking about it. And yet I still have no desire to watch this drama. And I don't know what that says about me in this year and K-drama land, but I feel like this would be the drama that if I didn't watch anything else, this should be the drama that I'm watching. But I think there was the setup of her being sick and then her, you know, dying for some reason and all of that. And then going back in past and like, I don't know, I, 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 this had no desire. And, you know, I, I, I do support my Parkman Young. I do love watching her. Um, she's one of my faves. So it's not that it's just, I don't know. I don't have it. I don't have it in me for marrying my husband. And I don't know why. I know, like I said, everyone's talking about this one, but I just, it's not enough for me to motivate me to watch it. Maybe after it finishes, maybe it's one that I'll marathon at some point. So, you know, there's that, but as, maybe it'll be in my next, you know, my next season of throwing it back where I'm like, oh yeah, that year in 2024, when I completely skipped that Parkman Young drama, I kind of want to go back and watch that now. So it could be then, but either way, right now I'm not watching it. I know, I know, I'm, I'm no, I know, I know. This is a different year for me, guys. I'm being, I'm, I'm doing little things. I'm doing things differently. I'm doing things differently. I don't know what to tell you, uh, but no, I hope this was, uh, you know, was long enough. I said it was going to be shorter and I was going to just, you know, marathon. But when you have 20 dramas to talk about, it is long. I need to stop assuming that this is going to be short because it's not. It's never short. Oh my gosh, it's never short. So this is what you can expect monthly going forward, a kind of big rambling musings with the dramas that I am currently checking out that are currently airing. As far as like throwing back episodes, those are going to be coming weekly. Um, I hope to have the next one for, you know, the new one starting next week. Oh my gosh. So I, guys, oh my gosh, love it. So I'm super excited. And, um, and yeah, are you guys excited? Get excited. It's going to be a fun time. Even though, like I said, this, the ODs may not be your thing. It's still going to be fun. Trust me. Hearing about some of these old dramas, 
it may shock you, okay? It may shock you, some of these dramas, okay? And, and things that went down in them back in the day. So just check that, check it out for that purpose alone, just to hear some of the kind of like, what? That happened? Um, back in 2001, they were doing that? You know, that kind of thing. So definitely gonna be fun this season and I'm so excited to put these episodes out for you and again I'm still watching currently airing dramas it just won't be as many as I've watched in the last couple years um like I said I'm being very strict I'm being cutthroat I I am knocking dramas off the you know off the cliff the minute they offend me in any in any way (laughs) they're getting pushed off the cliff um but no so that is really it for this episode guys I do have one more announcement One more thing, and that is that I want to thank everyone for an amazing last year, an amazing season three. I want to thank everyone who kind of gave me, um, talked to me or, you know, communicated with me about my finals um, awards episode, final episode of last year and kind of conversation I had around that. And the fact that if you haven't watched that yet, please still do. It's available for you to watch on Spotify and you can listen to it um, if you don't want to watch it, but it's really nice if you watch it. Um, And the other thing I want to thank everyone for is the support with my new K-drama journal called My Popping K-drama Journal. And it is kind of like a companion piece to just what I think we do over here on this podcast. And so if you are a supporter or a, a fan of what we do over here, um, you would really, really, really enjoy the journal that I've created. I have a digital version on my website, loapopsoffaboutdramas.com. And you can down, you can get that. And it's so Oh my gosh, it's so useful. I created it because I needed it. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, I think other people need this too. And then I also have a physical version that will be dropping hopefully within the week or so, um, next week or so. Um, I'm literally at the final stages of like getting it set up so that I can start shipping, you know, putting it out for sale and, and, and ready to ship them off. So physical version, if you're not a digital you know, person, I'm not a digital person, honestly, I'm more on the physical. So I've always been doing it in a physical format. So the real goal was always for it to be physical, but I thought more people um, may be interested in digital. So it seems like I'm sp- people that listen to me are kind of split. So I, I'm offering in both ways. So if you are more in the digital, you can go ahead and get that now. But if you are looking for a physical copy that you can write in and color in and draw in and all of that and pop off in, that will be coming within the upcoming week. I mean, at least I think, you know, the first week of February. So we'll see. But either way, it's coming soon. So keep an eye out on my Instagram where I will be a niche, uh, where I will be officially dropping um, where it's for sale. So that is it, guys. That is all for this episode. I want to thank you all so much for listening. And I'm so happy to be back, guys. Happy 2024. Let's go. Let's do this season four. We're going to have a good time. I'm so glad that you guys are joining me for another round of this wacky, wild ride that is this podcast. Um, but it's going to be, I think, a little bit wackier this year. It's going to be a little bit wackier. But either way, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening listening. And whether you're listening in the morning or in the afternoon or in the evening, I hope you have a great day. So everyone, it's been real. Lola's off.